Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. As the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be no dew nor rain these coming years until I say so. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. So how did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the fathers to the children? Second edition. (laughs) Yes, I know that's a very long title. But as it turns out, I have, oh man, do we have a a cast of characters this morning in the studio. (laughs) Maybe characters are described. Mark Darrell from NASCAR. We have Jerry from Ray's Body Shop. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So great it, to be here. It is great. It is absolutely great. And, and yeah, I know that's a long title, right? How did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the fathers to the children? Second edition. But here's the deal. In 2016, I wrote this. Well, actually, I did a show on this. I did a sermon at Peace Church in Durham on this. And this article that I wrote at ChristianCarGuy.com has been the number one hit ever since. But the issue was, and God knew this, <laughs> I never really answered the question to my own satisfaction. So the question just continued to marinate in there. <laughs> you, know, you know, like the old days when you'd put the pinch of tobacco between your cheeks and, and it would just kind of, you know. <laughs> I'll take your word on that. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't been there yeah. and done that. <laughs> I haven't either, but I always thought about it. It, it sounded interesting. Uh-huh. But anyway, I was marinating on it. And so this week, oh my goodness. Like, how did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, second edition? So these really are, when you think about it, these really are the days of Elijah. And we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And, and, and there really is no God like Jehovah. So here's the deal. Behold, <laughs> he comes, right? So 
Last week, if you listen to our show, I had Jerry on there at the end of the show. Jerry said, Robbie, I'd really like to talk more about what you see as the opportunities of the pandemic, or the pandemic, depending on how you want to say that. Um, and so we wanted to do a show a little bit about that. But as I prepared for that show, this is where God took me. So before we get to Jerry's part, I'll try my best to try to... <laughs> And if you know me well, you know this is really complicated, but it is really simple, okay? Here's the, here's the simple version from 20,000 feet, and I'll try to bring you into the details. There's a spirit of Elijah, and that spirit of Elijah is what the angel Gabriel told, you know, Zechariah that more, you know, when he wouldn't believe that he was going to have a kid. And he told him, you know, that this son is going to have the spirit of Elijah, which will Return the hearts of the fathers to the children and children of the fathers. Now, the last, very last word in the way we've canonized the Old Testament is Malachi 4.6, which is the same prophecy that he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. So that is the spirit of Elijah. Now, essentially... You've all heard about leaven, and it's in, in Hebrew it's called hametz. And when you have leaven in your life, it puffs you up and you get very prideful. And if you're like me, that happens all the time. But certain events can happen in your life that let the air out of your windbag, okay? And, and when that happens, you turn to somebody to try to straighten out your situation. Now, the, I've told this story many times, but I still love it. My favorite call I ever got from my son was right after he got his driver's license he'd been driving a week he was working at the dealership washing cars and he went to go home that night it was raining he makes the turn actually from 158 onto Farmington Road if you've ever made that turn he makes it too fast he goes off the side of the road which has got a pretty good ditch like you know a pretty deep ditch and he goes off down into the ditch once he gets in the ditch, of course, he has his cell phone. The first person he calls, me. And I've never forgotten. And it's like, when the car is in the ditch, call dad. <laughs> 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 well, now let's just go back to Elijah for a minute. Right? What was Elijah's deal, right? He, he had Ahab and the boys. They were all kinds of shenanigans. You know, Jezebel, this, this was not a real pleasant crowd. He shut off the rain <laughs> for a long time until they got the picture. Like, it's not going to rain until I say so. And with the hopes that they would call dad. Their, their, their country was in the ditch. They had no food to eat, all this stuff. And so Elijah's trying to tell him, look, until you call dad, this ain't working. Now, of course, you got the whole thing with the prophets of Baal and all. Okay. But the idea of the spirit, which has everything to do with leaven, which is in Elijah's name. And so, conversely, Mark, you have a story <laughs> <laughs> of what happens when the air doesn't get out of your bag. Until uh -huh. your father finds out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When I was young, I put a car in a ditch uh, on a snowbank, over a snowbank. And thankfully, this big old heavy car landed in a big pile of snow like a big fluffy pillow and uh, had to climb out. It was turned up sideways, so I had to climb out through the 
driver's window. I had to roll it down, and literally, I was I'm not that tall a guy, and those cars were huge. I had to literally pull myself out of the car. So I had a friend of mine. His dad owned a record service and a garage, and he came up and got me. And so we got ready to go. And I said, "Well, Mr. Broadwell, how much do I owe you?" And he goes, seventy-five dollars if I if I uh, get to tell your dad." And 100 bucks if you want me to be silent. So I paid him the $100. And uh, only to have uh, a couple of weeks later my dad find out uh, and then come home and ask me if I had something to say, anything I wanted to cop to. And I thought to myself, I can't think of anything, you know. And he asked me a couple more times if I was really sure. And uh, I again responded, no, I don't think so. And because the car had no damage, had no damage at all. So I thought I had gotten away with it. And my dad was, you don't say ex or former Marine. He was a Marine. (laughs) You're not allowed to say it. You don't tell a Marine, call him an ex or former Marine. That is like a number one cannot do thing. And uh, so anyways, and he was a professional prize fighter. Uh, who was world-ranked at one point in his life. Back when the time they had one ranking, not all this alphabet soup stuff, it actually meant something to be in the top ten. And um, I'll just say that he turned my lights out. (laughs) 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 And then when I came to, as I was laying on the floor looking up at him, are you sure you don't have anything you want to tell me? (laughs) <laughs> so that's my exact opposite so it's coming story. back to me though yeah, said, yeah, it's yeah, coming back yeah now. it's coming back yeah but you did tell him right at that point oh yeah i i copped to it then and and you know and it was kind of funny because uh and it's typical of anything again there was hardly any damage to the car it had those old landau roofs like little vinyl and it had just a little teeny nick. I mean, that's all that, that you know, that had happened to it. So if I had a cop to it right from the beginning, you know, I had taken care of the problem myself and all that, um, you know, there wouldn't have been that big of a deal, you know. And I did, you know, and one thing that, you know, as I, as I you know, had kids, as I grew up and all that, the one thing that I, I tried to do is, you know, when I got in trouble when I was younger, I always went to my dad's brother and not my dad because I knew I was going to get my, my fanny kicked. So I wanted to get the problem solved first, and they get my fanny kicked, not my fanny <laughs> kicked and the problem solved. So I got the problem solved, and then I got my fanny kicked. And, and so, um, you know, uh, later in years when my dad and I talked, he, he felt pretty bad about that. He goes, you know, I, I wished you would have been able to call me. So... Jerry has been on the receiving end of these father calls. I'm sure he's got a story or two for us as we let the air out of our windbags and and we call Dad with our problems. It sort of is the spirit of Elijah. we got so much more on that line. i got some Jesus Labor Love prayer requests, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the father to the children? Second edition. <laughs> As we continue to probe this question, which 
apparently is on a lot of people's minds because our children are so dear to us that we would love to see their hearts turn to us. Well, you can imagine how God feels about that. You can imagine how God feels when you drive your car in the ditch and the first person you call is dad. But I, I was thinking during the break, you know, these make such good stories. Like, I would love for you to, I bet you got a story where you drove your car in the ditch or your kid drove their car in the ditch and they did or they didn't call you. And I would, this is a live show and the joy of it is you guys. So you call us with your story, 866 348 truth We would love, love to hear your testimony, perhaps what God did with that letting the old air out of your bag trick. Yeah, Robbie, and also, you know, I'd love to hear those stories, but also people that have been, what are we going, 10 weeks into the, the shutdown? Right. And how God, or, or just something positive that's came out of, because I know everybody may not even recognize, I may, may take time for them to look back and reflect where God has been able to use this in a, in a pretty special way, in an amazing way in a lot of a lot of people's lives and stuff. So I'd love to hear those stories also. I would too. I would too. As, as we were talking about it, getting ready for the show, which by the way, Mark Guerra, if you don't know, and is like the voice of NASCAR, right? One and, of them. And, and well, I've done it for a little while. <laughs> yeah. How many years now? What do we got here? My first cup race. And I had been in racing before that, obviously I, I've been around, I'm 61 years old. I went to my first race when my dad was a flagman, I was a year and a half old. So that was my first race, but I did my first cup race in 82. So a lot of times when people ask me, how long have you done it? As well, I can't give you a specific, but I said, I was on the air turn three Daytona when Richard Petty won his 200th race. And that was a long, yeah. <laughs> long, long time ago. But, but what you said as we were as we were warming up, warming up, um, was that what would it have meant oh. for you to have a timeout like this with your kids? I, I a lot of things as I look at my life, my timing is never right. It, and it, again, it's it as I as I try to grow clo- closer to God, and you know, I became a Christian eleven seven ninety seven, so kind of late in my life, and. Um, Timing has never been right uh, in a lot of things, and I've learned that it's about God's timing. You know, so I think it's bad timing, and every time you know I've gone through a really tough time because I thought the timing was bad. It was certainly a teaching moment and something that I I walked away with. But one of the things that I don't know if I would call it jealous, uh, but I I, I kind of long to have had the chance to have like a ten week timeout with my kids. We were stuck at the house. We had to figure out things to do together, had to help them with their schoolwork, uh, had to help them with their play and, and to keep them occupied. And just how much this, I hope, with many families has drawn them together, given them a memory that they will never, ever, ever walk away from or be able to forget. And I am hopeful, you know, uh, as somebody who, you know, has, um, you know, would love to be closer to my own children, that uh, I hope that for many of these people, they've been able to create a bond that if they didn't have, they now have. And it's a bond that can't be broken uh, because of this. And I truly believe we've gone through this where God's going like, look, this whole thing is spinning out of control. We're overworked. We've taken our schedules and just try to cram 
30 hours and 24 hours. It, the world is just going too fast, and I'm, I've had enough. We're going to shut it down. And, and I think that if we don't view it as that uh, and just pick it up where we left off and want to hit the, hit the switch, go to fourth gear immediately, and just, just hit the rev limiter, you know, then we've learned nothing out of, out of this situation, in my opinion. So, Jerry, you, you clearly <laughs> have been on the receiving end of, of several of these folks that their children drove the car in the ditch, and, 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 and you had a chance to experience the way they handled that. Yeah. Oh, and, and could you share a little on that? Yeah, that's uh, one of the things. Of course, we've got a towing service, and so we are bringing people in, that, and you, it's not unusual to have a young driver, a young child who's been in an accident, been in the ditch or, or backed into a vehicle or whatever it may be. And some of the accidents aren't just the minor accidents. I mean, pretty devastating accidents with a lot of damage. And I've had parents come in, and I get to see both ends of the spectrum. The parent that, you know what, that vehicle is... It's, it's just a material thing. Don't worry about it. And the child is upset and stuff and handle it like a parent the way I would hope I would handle it, And which if I didn't, I think my wife would knock me over the head, but handle it through loving because nobody really has an accident because they plan on it or want to do it. I mean, it's just something that happens, but who handle it where they make sure that the child is is fine that that they're not hurt and to to just assure them that's just material thing because that's a huge lesson for a kid to realize what's important in life where then i have a parent so come in who the kid will be just devastated and the thing is i just hate for my mom or i hate for my dad to be down come down here because of and they're sitting there bawling and when they walk through the door instantly i say well i understand that because they're stupid. They don't know how to drive. I should have never gave you a car. You know what you're going to do to my insurance. And the whole time, just just really just hammering them. And I think, you know, just how hard that is. And it's sort of, in my business, I see about a 50-50 split in the way people handle it. How did you and I become friends? Well, okay, Mark. How did you and I become friends? <laughs> well, uh, let me see. Mark has a, had a young young driver at one time who did the same thing, had that, but... And I'll say, Mark is one of those that came up. Okay, whatever it is, let's get it fixed and make sure that it's taken care of. And I never, it was never anything that 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 it was her fault or 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 be little little in her. And that's where you know what. And that's another piece of it in my business. I, I'm relationships is so important. And as soon as he fixed the car, what two weeks later, a deer come out of nowhere, destroyed the other side. Wasn't her fault this time. <laughs> And he goes, we what? You need a wrecker again? What? I just fixed it. We need your story. 866-348-7884. The spirit of Elijah. What is that? 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. So how 
Did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the fathers to the children? Second edition today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And I would add that just like I wrote all my answers to that question several years ago, I wrote them again. And so if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, you will find the whole discussion on how you'll find that whole idea of Hametz and the unleavened bread inside the name of Elijah that will give you some sense of what that spirit would be. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com, but tremendously important at ChristianCarGuy.com, we have the Jesus Labor Love, which is car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And you're going to find that I always post urgent, what I consider to be urgent prayer requests. And so I have a couple of those, and I was going to read them on the air. The first one actually was from a, a mom in Arizona. And she says her car broke down and she needs it to go to doctor's appointments. It's her only means to get out. She has chronic back problems and can't afford to get it fixed. She says the transmission on a 2001 town and country. So as I was speaking with her, I said, you know, a transmission on a 2001 town and country, I don't normally always say this, but would be way more than the value of the town and country. And so what what I'm going to ask is that people pray for that God will provide a car donated, which you can do through Jesus Love Labor Love Week. You know, we're fixing to, to get one out that we got fixed up for a lady here this week here in Winston Salem. But if somebody in the Arizona, in the Phoenix Arizona area, wants to donate a car, or you want to pray that God will provide this this mama car because clearly she needs it desperately, then I have a North Carolina mom. She says, "I'm a widow, a single mother. My home is in need of repairs." from a water leak and I don't have any extra money for car repairs. There's a burning smell coming from the engine every time I drive and it has a whining, groaning, grinding sound. I have three lights on the dashboard. Are you getting the picture? Now all this stuff's going on and I have tried and tried and tried. I, she has a phone that doesn't, her voicemail's full. Oh no. And then she has an email address that's on the application I've sent that. And so my prayer request on this one, actually, I can't help her if I can't get up with her. And so we're just going to pray that God will help me to contact her. I keep trying when I want to because she obviously has some situations. And then this last one I just got yesterday, actually, she lost one of her jobs because of no transportation. This is a actually a widow and a single mom. I'm homeless. I'm living with my son for right now, but truly would love to get somewhere. So that, But in order to do that, I have to get a car so I can get a job. So please pray for a car donation mm. in the Durham area and, and that God would meet her need for housing and work. And, and so, you know, you can sense that in a way... God has their attention and their car's in the ditch and they have called dad. I mean, that's that's the picture mm. that I'm seeing there. But there was another thing, a little really, really cool thing that I would add. If you ever went to a Passover Seder, as I talked about, they would be all about getting the hametz. They would get the leaven out because why? Because they were going to slaughter the Passover lamb. And they would be taken out of freedom if they could allow God to show them what to do, which was to put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. But why were they doing that? right? So that they could be saved. (laughs) Well, this plan has been repeated and shown to us through Elijah 
and Elishua. Okay, so I finally have decided, I've, I've questioned this for years, how do you say Elijah and how do you say Elishua? Well, if you look closely in the name of Elishua, you will see Jesus is in there because the same Yeshua that you would say, you know, in Hebrew to say salvation or to say Jesus, well, that's the same letters There's at the end of Elisha's name or Elishua. Now, who came before Jesus? John the Baptist. And what was he doing? Preparing the way of the Lord. And how was he doing that? He was doing that through setting up repentance, people turning back to God and letting the air out of the air by getting rid of the hamets and turning and calling dad because their car was in the ditch. But if you want to look at something beautiful and, I, and just spend some time with this new filter that I've just given you, look at the life of Elishua from a standpoint of a pre-runner of Jesus. In that here comes Elijah, he meets Elishua, what's he doing? He is plowing with 12 oxen. Hmm, that's a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Jesus is kind of plowed with 12 oxen too, just saying. And then, right, before he gets a double dose, and you might remember John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan. Well, guess what happens with Elijah? Before he gives him a double dose of the Spirit, he walks him through the Jordan, he parts it, with his mantle, and off they go. So clearly, in his own way, he's baptizing Elisha, Elisha, Elishua, and off they go. And then when he comes back, right, like the spirit, the dove came down and lighted, well, guess what? The spirit of Elijah got to go on Elishua the double time. And, and, and look at his life. I'm not going to rob you of the joy of all the neat things that he does that are very Jesus-like in his life. But the cool thing is, that is I really have thought about this, is if I will repent, do the whole, you know, prodigal son thing, go run into the father and say, hey, I haven't got a way to solve my problem. My car is in the ditch. I need you. Jesus, or Elishua, provides the means by I can have a real relationship with God. Not just... Uh, I'm turning my life over to you, and you take it from here, God. Now I have an opportunity to actually move into communion and friendship and love and all the things that you really do get to do. You don't get to do that with Elijah so much. He's kind of a tough character. He's kind of like your dad, mm -hmm. <laughs> Mark. I, I mean, he kind of hits you with a two-by-four to get your attention. <laughs> but Jesus now will come along and begin to actually father you into, you know, where you can, you know, begin that walk. But, and, and, and so to an extent, as we're looking here in these days of Elijah that we're in, right, and we're asking people to prepare the way of the Lord, there, there is this opportunity, right, to, to do a lot of stuff, Jerry. And you had a lot of thoughts along these lines. Yeah, I mean, it's all of a sudden we're, we're in a whole new world, and, and, and moving forward it's not going to be – the way it was it's not going to go back to pre-coronavirus and and in so many ways i think god is, is working in that i mean you start looking as as mark and we've mentioned you know our families and stuff all of a sudden uh we have the, the pace has slowed down our work environment has slowed down where people were were driven and had goals and 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 deadlines to meet all of a sudden that all backed down and people are spending time as a family i mean one of the things one of the biggest 
selling things is puzzles now because families are doing puzzles and board games. So all of a sudden bringing families together and stuff, even to the school. And we've mentioned about going, you know, my daughter's a teacher. Taylor's a teacher in the first grade. But what she's also seeing is all of a sudden parents are involved in schooling. And they're working with the kids and they're working them through that. And what does that do for the, you know, it's not just just that, but man, that makes an impression on those kids for for a lifetime. And you start looking, you know, just just so many different avenues because now all of a sudden we're slowed down. And another thing I I really enjoyed reading is the fact of uh, somebody made the statement that it's all right for kids to get bored. That's what they're doing now, because before if a kid got bored, we'd go sign them up for baseball, soccer, or something, just something to keep them going. Now, okay, do something around the house. Help help mom and dad clean or or go out and play in the yard. Do do something like that. So, you know what? Getting bored isn't a bad thing. And then we start looking at our relationship with Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, people are realizing what's temporal and what's eternal. You know, all this stuff that we were Given, I mean, I'm one, you know, I, I sacrifice and sacrifice so much stuff because of trying to meet goals, trying to trying to get to somewhere else and stuff. What I thought was important. Well, really, this this world is realizing what is important. It's really our relationship, first and foremost, with Jesus Christ. And then with the people around us, our, our family, our kids, our parents, our, our uncles and aunts and and the community stuff is all, you know, we saw this. I saw this back in 9-11, and it was pretty well short-lived. I mean, you saw that where we as a country came together, but a few weeks as, as time went on, we sort of drifted away from that. And churches have been forced to change, which oh, is a yeah. good thing. I mean... Oh, we got a whole bunch of stuff, and we got lots from Mark coming. So stay tuned. We got so much more Christian Car Guy show coming up. With, but without your call, it's just not the same. 866-348-7884. We need your calls. 866-348-7884. Like You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And though these are days of great How did John the Baptist turn the hearts of the fathers to their children? Addition to. That's right. <laughs> and can I, I just I'd sneak that in there? Can one I time. just add, since you know, it's very good. Since not one. I'm two. hoping that God is continuing to drain the air out of my bag. <laughs> in order for that to happen, I need your calls because you guys have insight that I do not have. You've got stories I've never heard, testimonies that people need to hear about what God is doing in this spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and children to their fathers. And so I'll give you the number one more time, 866 348 
three, four truths. So the church is a big part of this, right, Jerry? Yeah, and, and as I said, I think churches are having to change and in, in, in so many ways that, you know, as the younger generation comes up, it's it's more the, the technical stuff, and that's not me. But all of a sudden, churches are live streaming, and I'm just so grateful for that. I know for Pinedale, I am blessed by that because the first day of the, the shutdown was the first Sunday that we went live streaming. So God just had it all worked out for us. But churches throughout this country are are using that avenue that had never really plugged into that, and and their YouTube and all the all the student ministries and the children getting the kids involved through 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 media and getting even senior adults involved. You know what? I hope that there's a be a you know the day that we can all go back to church, in which it'll kind of look a little different. I'm I'm sure, but all of a sudden the churches have realized they've got an avenue there to reach the lost and to bring the good news of the gospel to people and i'm excited about that how how that is happening i'm i'm thinking i I wish i had just figured i'm trying to think of it in my mind but easter was the most viewed time for a service in the world history and especially in the united states more people were watching an easter service this past sunday Mm. with all the churches closed than at any point in history is that yeah. not that, that's that, that's powerful? It it is. And you think about all the churches they do the drive-ins, and I go to Union Grove Baptist Church, and I know our pastor Harris, you know, was doing the online and decided, okay, for that week we're going to do outdoors, and so called me up because I talked about maybe an FM transmitter, you know, and then people could tune it into their cars, and uh, so called me up and said, go think you can find one? Sure, you know. But that can't be that hard, right? Uh, apparently, every church maybe on the planet had the same idea because you couldn't get one of these little portable FM transmitters, which, you know, at any other given time, you could have gotten a, a million of them delivered to your doorstep. All of a sudden, you know, you can't, they're not even shipping a, a, a single one. They're gone. I mean, no matter where you call, I got to be on a first-name basis with, you know, a guy in Kansas City, New York City. <laughs> you know, I found out more about transmitters and different things than I ever thought I would know and really cared to know. Uh, but they're not even shipping anymore until the first of June, second week of June. They have completely tapped out all these uh, manufacturers. And um, so everybody's be trying to be creative, you know, and they're trying to, um, you know, get out there and do it online and do it different ways. And, 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 and I also think they're, you know, they're using other means to reach out. And I know this Sunday we're going to try something different. Uh, Pastor Bailey at our church, we're going to do a Sunday school class on Zoom. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Yeah, just I, me getting hooked up to Zoom. That'll be, that'll be you know, well, interesting made, all by itself, just me getting hooked up to it. I, I teach special needs at Calvary and have. For, that's um, kind of what i am when it comes to the, to get trying to get on zoom i'm i'm special i'm special <laughs> and, and so you know back like the second week i decided to begin the the process of doing you know our class because these people really you know they're they're not kids these are people in their 50s 60s some of them 30s 40s whatever and, and so their parents would help them get on zoom and i mean it was going and it was growing and all of a sudden we started getting classmates that we you know had moved out of the like you know we got one in myrtle beach and all these and it was just wonderful just exciting like man we haven't got to do this with these people in a long time and you know 
I told this before. I heard the funniest Corona joke ever from one of my students who, you know, he said, Robbie, I got a joke for you. You know, and this is with the whole Zoom call. He says, you know why there's no toilet paper? And he goes, the roll was called up yonder. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you I know, like Robbie it. loves a good I joke. Like but then this last week, Zoom, I don't know if you know this, but they crashed at 9 o'clock. Really? And so every all there were so many Sunday schools across the world that were trying to get their Zoom thing to happen at nine o'clock. That you know, if you had had it at eight thirty or if you'd had it at nine thirty, so they've got a new Zoom. They just renewed their whole deal. So we're going to see what happens this week. I haven't decided what time we're going to do it. But by all means, you got to be creative. But I love what you said about just the connection that. You know, you you were talking about at your church. You had somebody that was there, and, and and yeah, you know, they're reaching out more. And here's the other part of it too. When you talk about connection, um, I've got a little Bible study that I do every Tuesday morning. Been doing it for five years. We've moved into a church fellowship hall, and there's ten of us, and we're all spread out, and we're cooking breakfast for ourselves instead of uh, getting it at a restaurant, uh, which is a little, you know, that's always a little bit of a dangerous thing, I guess. But <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed about this as well is that periodically I have people, you know, my buddy Tim Kepley and, and different different things, they're, they're reaching out and how you doing? Just to make sure everything's okay. And I've made it a point to reach out to some people. I got a friend down in a nursing home and I've driven down there and parked outside his window and, and talked to him over the cell phone while he's looking out the window at me, that kind of thing. And I think we've seen a lot of that as well. And I, I have a little group of widow ladies in my church that um, – I like to bring little flowers to on Valentine's Day and just things, just little things like that. Um, and uh, so I just check in on them every once in a while. How you doing? I think there's a lot of that going on where people are actually taking a little more interest in, in on, on a people-to-people, personal uh, level, which is kind of cool. It's hard because you know? I, I did a devotion at a retirement home, but of course you can't get in there. But for years and years and years and years, I had these joke sheets. You can't imagine me having a joke sheet, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) And so the lady contacted me. She said, Robbie, I know you can't come, but can you send your jokes? (laughs) 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 I tried to tell her they wouldn't be the same if I didn't tell her. But nonetheless, I sent her, you know, and so now every week, Robbie, where are my jokes? I got to have my jokes. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I think that we can do during this situation right now is to be on the lookout to be able to do things for other people, you know, because there's so many people hurting. So many people have lost their jobs. We have these folks that have problems with their cars and trying to find places to live. And I know when I first went to Union Grove Baptist Church, I ran into this this woman uh, because they pastors on. We need to visit our shut-ins, and I go like, okay, well, I don't even know who this woman is, but I travel down to a nursing home in Lexington and to meet her, and uh, and I went, you know, two or three Saturdays in a row. And um, next thing you know, uh, we, we forge a relationship, find out she needs a roof. I get a bunch of people together. We put a roof together. Those are the kind of things we can be on the lookout to do right now, you know? Yeah, and the opposite side of that is is admitting the air is out of your bag and you need a roof. Oh, yeah. Oh, admitting yeah. Admitting the air is out of your bag and I need help from the Jesus Labor Love or need help from my church. So, you know, that, that humility to say, I'm in trouble, I need help. You know, my car is in the ditch. Yeah, you called dad, and then he might tell you to to reach out and be humble with somebody and give them the joy of being able to help, which is what we're hoping a lot of you will do is go to ChristianCarGuy.com, look at the Jesus Labor Love Prayer Request, etc., 
and just an opportunity to pray because your prayers I mean, this car is going to pop up in Arizona. There's no doubt in my mind this lady's going to be. You know, the thing is, in Arizona, there's somebody who's trying to declutter, look out in the driveway, donate that car. Somebody in North Carolina has got a car out there just clutter. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.